Hello and welcome to our podcast. Episode, uh, I don't know, I maybe two, maybe one, if you count the intro as like episode zero, depending on how you count sure. it. You are, you are here with the uh, Reject Company for CivDiv on RSS.com. This is Rhodes HK or John here with Reaper, Reaver, excuse me, or Blake, yep. I call him Blake. And we actually have Don, Killer Don Don, is with us today. Hello, Don. Say hello. Allegedly. I'm allegedly. All right. All right. You're, well, your voice is there, so I don't look stupid. All right. <laughs> uh, so today, first thing I want to do, because we talked about how Blake and I met in, uh, in our story last week. So uh, this week, I'm going to talk to Don and uh, basically maybe go over how we all met. Now, I remember Don... When we first met, I remember we were at a pre-deployment meeting behind Barracks 5698 in Miramar. God, you still remember the number. I do. I do. (laughs) And someone must have told you that I was into D&D, and someone told me you were into D&D, and we met up there. I don't know if you remember that very well, but but I do. That's where we first met. I don't remember that very well. I know. We're going to have to go back someday to, uh, to Miramar. And uh, just hang out, find that barracks building, just celebrate, I guess. But anyway, well, I drove by me and, when I was down there. I don't know, last time I was down in San Diego, whenever that was, what the summer? Yeah, I, I tried to get in there, but it's the sound of freedom. <laughs> they wouldn't let me in, <clears throat> right? And then, uh, so we, we went to Iraq, and that was 2004, I remember that. Where we played a lot of D and D and tried not to get shot successfully for us. Axis and allies. We yeah. did a lot of Axis and allies as well. Oh, did we? I don't remember Axis and allies being there, but it doesn't surprise me because I love Axis and allies. Yeah, and, I think uh, we had your Axis and allies board. Even oh yeah, it doesn't surprise me. I know it's so bizarre because I remember very clearly meeting you before we went out, like it was yesterday. But I don't recall having us analyze there at all, mm. which I'm sure I did. But, you know, it's weird the way my brain works. Like, I remember some things incredibly well and then totally forget about other things completely. It wasn't important. <laughs> I guess not. We stood on a lot of towers in the heat. Got up to, I don't know, 120. I want to say out there, like that. yeah, during the day. And then it was freezing at night in the winter. I remember that. I yep. used my poncho liner and and uh, and poncho because the poncho would keep the wind off, and then the poncho liner kept me warm. Worked pretty well. I remember some guys took their sleeping bags out to post, but then they kept falling asleep and getting their asses reamed because they were asleep on watch. I mean, rightly so. You know, not a good idea. Right. So then yeah, we see, came I back actually, and... I actually, oh, I actually brought my thermal gear, so I didn't have a problem out there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the poncho, poncho liner. Poncho. With the poncho, poncho over shit. I actually it brought my cold wind. weather gear when they were like, make sure to bring your cold weather gear. I actually brought mine. Yeah, me too. <laughs> right. And then when we came back, we all got together for D&D. 
in various different systems. I think we played a lot of different systems. I, I, I want to say we played some kind of half god system or something, or I don't remember what it was called. Palladium. Oh, that was, uh, I think you ran Palladium, Blake, didn't you? I did once with Palladium. It's just so complicated to get going with it. It's a great game system. Don't get me wrong, but just getting making a character is like two sessions by itself. I remember that. But then we also played Exalted. Oh yeah. Oh, that's probably what I'm thinking of. Yeah, I still have the books for Exalted. Yeah, and played that in forever. And by have the books, I mean I still have Blake's books for Exalted. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. you do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's funny because you've been out here a couple times, and Don still has them. You never. You didn't it's, fine. Them. it's fine. It's <laughs> fine. Get it all in PDF now. Yeah, that's true. You make Don scan them all for you. Except you won't do it. Yeah. Yeah. And then we didn't talk to each other for the longest time, I remember, until, and I think it was when I started that Besom Big Eye Smallmouth campaign, and I advertised it on Facebook. It's like, hey, anybody want to join? That we kind of all got back together, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, we pulled, we had Davis for a little while, too. Yeah, Davis was there, I remember. He didn't last long. No. Fact, Great you, guy. You did. Nobody from that group is, is still with us now, except us. Yeah, because that we served his purpose. Yeah. Yeah. And then, Don, you moved out here and uh, a couple years ago, three years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Three years ago. Yeah. And now we, we hang out every couple of weeks. It's pretty awesome. We go out to bars. And I, I actually have a, a story I'm going to share with everyone um, about the bar last week. If that's cool. Cause I, cause, so I was out there, and, and these guys, you guys already know, but I'm sharing it with our listeners. So I, I have this favorite stripper. Her, name, her stripper name is Peaches, right? And it was this guy's birthday, and uh, some of our friends, Don's friends, had a friend whose birthday it was. And they said his name, and for some reason I thought they said Peaches. So I was like, dude, your name is Peaches? He's like, oh, I don't care. You can call me that, whatever. I'm like, okay. And by the end of the night, I had everyone toasting happy birthday to Peaches, my favorite stripper's name, which was hilarious. I thought that was pretty freaking awesome. That's that pretty funny. Anyway. His name was yeah, Gabe. That's... that's the Gabe that I was thinking of. Gage. I think it was, wasn't it Gage? I, I don't know. I just uh, kept calling him Gabe. I don't know. I call him Peaches. It was a little weird, but, you know, I, I thought he was gay, so I don't, right? I don't know why that makes it work. His girlfriend was there, but yeah, I'm thinking she's just a beard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, he was a good guy, though, so I don't know. He'll probably never listen to this, but if you do, Peaches, Gabe, or Gage, whatever, like, you're a good guy. Thank you for being a good sport. Maybe. Yeah, happy right. happy late birthday. Yeah, yeah. I don't know All you, right. but happy birthday. Mm-hmm. That was a couple weeks ago. So yeah, so in the news today, uh, for current events, we wanted to talk about the, the United States continuing to give money to Afghanistan, and and our thoughts on that is where we're going to start, and we're going to see where it goes from there. You so, mean the Federal Reserve making the money printer go burr? Uh huh. Yeah, they're cranking it out, man. They're cranking it out, and we're feeling like it. a like a Goku Kamehameha. 
style cranking out dollar bills. You know, it really pays for that is people that work, but in, in low skilled jobs because their wages don't really adjust for inflation because they're unskilled labor. And also just, I guess you could say people that are dependent on the government kind of pay, but they don't because they don't earn anything, but the checks that they do get buy less. So, I mean, they, they kind of dwindle in, in their standard of living. But I don't really care that much about that because you can get a damn job. So, the, but people with jobs um, in low-skilled labor, I think, are really the ones that pay the most for this garbage. And so, also small businesses, proportionate mm-hmm. to their income. I'll take your word for it since you're the business guy. Okay. I just drive a truck. I appreciate that. Yeah, so I am yeah, curious about that, though. Get screwed by inflation? Yeah. Yeah. So luxury businesses too. Bars, things like that, entertainment. As inflation goes up, property taxes will tend to adjust, you know, even though you know, the people within the community may decide that they don't want any kind of increases. Property taxes will increase, uh, such and so on and so forth, which for a large business, this is not as big of a deal, but for a small business, it greatly affects their bottom line. Yeah, in taxes too. That's something I had an argument over recently. Was uh, how taxes suck, and uh, someone was trying to tell me, "Oh, only big businesses pay taxes." I'm like, "Well, first of all, quarter of my paycheck goes out to taxes every week, so that's bullshit." And I'm not rich. And the other thing is, you raise taxes on a big business like Walmart or McDonald's or whatever, they just up their prices, and and who pays for it? Right? We do, the consumers. So they don't pay taxes. It's just uh, <laughs> small business people and and regular working people. That's it. We get to foot the bill for everything. So so we get to pay our taxes and then send it out to uh, to the Ukraine. So what's even going on out there right now? Does anybody know? Is it, have the Russians stalled out on the Ukrainian front? That's kind of the impression I got. Well, that's what all the news media says. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think if they had still been rolling the whole time, I, I would think they'd have, it would be over by now. So I, th- I think they must have kind of stalled out at some point. Okay. Unless they're saying it is over and they're just lying to us. Well, according to the media, the Russian population is against the war. Um, and they would say that the Russian war forces are suffering from a low morale. Which I believe any 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 soldiers in a war pretty much oh, yeah. you know, they don't probably don't really well, be there to begin with. They did that shit in Kuwait in uh, two thousand three. I was I was in uh, Al Jaber Kuwait in two thousand three and I was watching these embedded reporters and, and they were they were doing that shit to us, talking about the low morale of the troops. Except for Ollie <laughs> North. If you know who Oliver North is. And it was really awesome. I loved it. So so you watch all these dumbass reporters, they're trying to make us look bad. Like, oh, you know, morale's low, blah, blah, blah. And then you got Oliver North, who's got some Marines, like a squad or something. And uh, what did he say? He said something like, oh, we've been hearing about low morale. But, hey, hey, Marines, do you know anything about that low morale? And they're all like, hoorah, and uh, and excited and everything. So he's he's the only one, like, not being a jackass to us. 
So, props I mean, that's, that's, North for that. I mean, that's the impression they're giving in the media is that Russia is suffering from low morale and they're being overrun and all this. And then that Ukraine is doing great, right? So that's the impression mm -hmm. that the media is giving us. But of course, Ukraine still needs more money. Right. While yeah, but, yeah, the Ukrainian president's going to Europe and doing, you know, $40,000 shopping sprees and so on and so forth and making what Netflix you? specials. What I would do with a $40,000 shopping spree. I wouldn't right. be going to the mall. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> like several young women would have their college fully paid for it. That's all I'm saying. But, but uh, uh, yeah, I didn't get that. I didn't get the 40k. No. Maybe next time. So, uh, so yeah. Well, I think it's that all four need personally is kind of bullshit. Like, it's uh, Ron Paul put it pretty well when he said it's taking money from poor people here and giving it to rich people in poor countries. Yes, because that's. So it always ends up because so, they're not I, going out. Yeah, they're they're not going out handing that money to the Ukrainian people to go and get themselves a better life. It's going through money handlers, banks, and then arriving at some central government authority, probably, and it's being spent wherever they see fit to spend it. Now, is a lot of the money that that they count as going to the Ukraine? Is is a lot of that? Money that in in material or just straight up cash or is a it's a mix of, of cash and material. I believe it's a mix. Weapons. Yes. Yeah. yeah, that's what I think too. So, but I don't even think we need to give them weapons to be honest. Like it's, it really shouldn't be our problem. But I heard a, a sort of interesting thing about it is that um, hey, this might be a little bit conspiratorial for me, but I, I'm going to throw it out there anyway. That the uh, well, because the war with the Ukraine was what is bringing uh what caused a shortage in the russian fertilizer right and uh I, which is now causing a, well well that's true that russia makes a shit ton of uh i don't know like uric something shit it sounded like something out of urine but like piss fertilizer oh, okay. or something i don't know and uh and then we couldn't get it because of the san sanctions um so the fertilizer prices spiked up here in the united states and well and i'm sure everywhere uh, which is causing a shortage in the uh, yields and the crop yields. Oh, so wow. anyway, all right. Well, the conspiracy deal is, and, and I don't know how much I buy it. Maybe we'll see. Is that the that's intentional? Um, the food shortage is a tool that uh, the powers that be would wish to use to uh, get gain more control, do maybe some uh, rationing and things like that to to control people. And uh, I don't know. Now, if there is a food shortage, I'm sure that that will be tried because, you know, never let a disaster go to waste, as they say. That'll certainly <laughs> be the case. But, but who knows? manufactured, but yeah. Even if it is, and sometimes it is. So here we are. Well, and, um, I, I will say it. this. A lot of people like to throw around conspiracy theory like it's some kind of derogatory term that started a long time ago. Um, but I will say this, a lot of conspiracy theories turn out to be true, whether it be a year later, five years later, 10 years later, we find like out the gay that. frogs. Sure. I have no idea what the gay frogs are, but okay. Oh no. You didn't hear about Alex Jones talking about turning the frogs gay. Uh, no, but, uh, no. Well, it well, turned out say some it, chemical you know. or some shit was going that way. 
I think it was like changing their genders or some shit. I, I don't remember, but there ended up being some. They do that on their own. But yeah, but there were chemicals being added that for like forcing it or, or something. I, I I don't remember all the details. Oh, the point funny. is, Alex Jones turned out to be at least kind of right. And, yeah, and it's kind of going in support of your point that a lot of that turns out to be true sometimes. Yeah, like for instance, a recent thing that came out that is coming out from Twitter. Uh, is a story about um, the government officials telling Twitter what not to post and what not, and uh, what to suppress and what what to let go and whatnot. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, a lot of stuff around the uh, Hunter Biden laptop coming out now that Elon Musk is putting out. I'm looking forward oh. to that one just because I think it's a hilarious story. Because mm-hmm. of the implications of it, and if found to be true, of course, no one's going to come out and say, we're sorry for, you know, being wrong and calling you crazy. No. No, no one's going to do that. No. And then there will still be people that, and then there will still be people that will just deny it and say it was fabricated. You know, I, I think it's very funny that people need their uh, scope of the world and their bubble to stay for them to function normally. They can't have it be challenged. Well, now they're saying it's like, oh, so what? No big deal. Like, they're not denying it. They're just acting like, oh, well, that's no big deal. It happens all the time, which is not true. But that's the that's the new media stance now. Is that it so, doesn't matter? Yeah, yeah, I get that one too. Yeah. There's already so much fucking corruption in the government that that's just another Tuesday, right? Yeah, which brings a big question that I'm kind of struggling with is is that is there really any saving it at this point? And I don't know that. Yes, that, that <laughs> yes but I, no. I, I mean, yes, but no. I guess. <laughs> I don't know. I, I think it's going to have to just all fall down. Which I I think with the uh, the way the Federal Reserve prints money in the especially with the upcoming unfunded liability crisis. Like, I think it's going to fall apart, and all we can really do is kind of try and be ready for that, you know? I guess Maybe stock up the, some food, be a little bit of I pepper. Is the question, though, is that exactly what is being aimed for? Is to dilute the government's monetary ability to the point of nothing to where it does collapse? And, and do the powers that be have a plan in place to simply step in with a new regime right after that happens? Could be. Um, but who knows what the success of that will be, too. I think that there are varying rates of that. So, huh? And then what's after that? I, I actually talked to somebody recently who made a very convincing case that, um, they, well, that currently we're in a sort of crony capitalism stage, which I think is pretty obvious. Yes. Like, I don't know many people that would argue that. And and that oh, the I'm next sure. and that the only next step or the natural you know, he said the natural next step is communism. It, and then mm-hmm. with the with the chance that there could be uh, fascism with like a, a coup or something like well, that. I don't think but the whatever, natural next step is communism. I think that's not accurate. I think the natural next step would be an oligarchy. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, isn't communism 
communism can be an oligarchy because communism is a economic policy. You could have an oligarchic communist state. I mean, the USSR pretty much was an olig- oligarchical communism. Well, I, I'm I'm trying to go with the pure definition of it. Um, okay, so so you're saying that you don't think we'll end up with a no one owns anything. No, no, not quite a Marxist communism. No, that would be that would be quite a quite further away with the with the current state of things. I believe it would be an an oligarchy where you would have puppet type of individuals running uh, the face of the show with more of a. I'm I'm thinking probably more so along the lines of uh, businesses being the backers of these puppet politicians. I think that's kind of crony capitalism, isn't it? It is to an extent yeah, crony yeah. capitalism, but but I think the problem that's gonna that, that we're gonna run into is when when the money kind of takes a nosedive, right, from hyperinflation or, or whatever it's gonna be. You've got people, a lot of people who are dependents upon the system, right? And oh, yeah. it'll come to a point where they can't eat, they can't buy food, they can't pay rent or whatever, even even with all the programs. And then yeah. what comes from that? So do we get riots? Do we get, you know, upheaval as far as to, to the extent where no one has control? Do we end up with greater control from it, maybe? It's harder to say. I mean, it's hard to say how that's going to roll out. Well, I, you know, look at even the idea of like every, you know, so many years now are running into the problem of the government has to write their new, uh, write their new spending bill, right? Realistically, mm-hmm. the government writing its own spending bill should not affect day-to-day people. But because the government has already concentrated so much power within themselves, as well as so much monetary power within themselves... Um, by, of course, the Internal Revenue Service and all these agencies and so forth that have uh, individuals that they pay, you know, for their labor, this becomes a problem where states won't get the government funding that they are supposed to be receiving. You know, the all these different uh, government infrastructure people will now no longer be able to function, and because they've tied it so intrinsically to our to a lot of people's day-to-day lives, it does interfere. Realistically, if the government can't pay for its programs under, say, uh, before 1913, no one gave a shit. No No one could show up for government work, and it's not going to bother anybody because the states had their own funding and their own funds. Well, it should be. And and, and that was how it was before they went with all these New Deal policies and all this New Deal concentration of power – if nobody showed up for Congress, nobody gave a shit mm-hmm. because it didn't affect well, it didn't affect anybody's day to day lives. But now they've tied the government power to where it's far reaching with all of its tentacles into everybody's lives that the government spending bill now becomes an actual problem. Mm-hmm. Well, and the a big problem I see is because. Everything is uh, well, not everything. So I mean, the states have become pretty polarized. I think so, uh, left and right and whatnot. Um, but I think what really holds the country together at this point is the Federal Reserve, because the federal government can print money, hands it out to the states, 
And I think the states have become maybe reliant, maybe dependent on that, that cash flow on the money printer. And, uh, and I think that's probably the primary thing that holds the states together at this point. So if that were to be somehow removed or collapsed or no longer be a factor, I could see states splitting up, or the country splitting up, I should say, and uh, states kind of going their own way. Be a beautiful what do you picture. Think of that? Yeah, all right. It wouldn't be so bad, maybe. <laughs> oh, well, I actually, um, I believe, so I believe uh, Don there has a great story of the last state to sign on to the uh, Interstate Act uh, for government funding for roads. Don. I'm not Don, sure why Don you, was thrown under the bus. Aw. No, you were lifted, lifted into the spotlight, man. You were lifted into the spotlight. Uh, what was that? Yeah, you had the story about that, the last state to sign on for uh, road funding. Yeah. That was more like headlights in a spotlight, but whatever. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, uh, it was Montana was one of the last ones to, to hold out on funding because they didn't want to institute speed limits. Yeah. And, uh, but what year was that? Speed limits. Oh, it was the seventies, eighties. That's so great. Eighties. Awesome. I think it was. I, I just want to throw they, that. They still, they still didn't, uh, didn't like was pretty much telling the federal government to piss off all the way through into the nineties. Mm-hmm. On the road. Yeah. Stuff. I remember. So, I remember. Yeah, so, yeah. The instituted speed limits just to make sure that the feds would pay for the roads. And then they and they did. They had speed limits, but your speeding tickets, like anything, if you were going anywhere between 65 and 95, the speeding ticket was like $2 or $5 or something like that. Oh. So amazing. That is cool. So, oh, so for everybody out there, for all the listeners... The federal government did not pay for roads in Montana. People were able to do that without government funding. Without federal funding, yeah. Yeah, yeah the roads can definitely build without government funding. What are you saying, Dan? Yeah, and then uh, then the feds threatened to to stop paying for the federal roads, the interstates that went through, and and all kinds of stupid shit if they if Montana didn't comply with speed limits. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So eventually and then they when, got them. But... And when that that goes away, where they just can't pay for shit anyway, that's uh, that's when I see things kind of breaking apart potentially. And it's kind of another topic, but also kind of a state thing. So I looked it up, and I learned that the first nation to ever abolish slavery was Haiti in 1804, first one ever. And, um, <laughs> yeah, so nobody had done it when our nation was created. And then some of the states right away abolished slavery in the North. And by 1804, the same year as Haiti, all of the northern states had abolished slavery. So half the country was right at the tip of that, which I think is pretty awesome. Oh, fun fact. Yeah. We're going to move on from that because that's not really what we're going on today, but the the whole state thing kind of reminded me of that. Um, yeah. So anyway, yeah. So where were we? Russia's money, money drone Ukraine. A, Russia's drone attacking the Ukraine um, infrastructure. 
specifically nice. targeting power, water, and they've allegedly been throwing uh, unmanned kamikaze drones at a at a nuclear um, one of their nuclear power plants, trying to make it trying to fuck it up. Oh, making a new Chernobyl. Yep. Ah, uh, well, hopefully it's a it's a newer power plant, so it will just self shut down instead of uh, go full meltdown. Yeah, yeah, I've been told uh, that that one. Also... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. That when nuclear plants, uh, you know, go whatever they do, melt down or whatever, they just they they don't blow up or anything. They just kind of melt down into the ground or some shit. Yeah, they just uh, over yeah. overrun of heat and uh, radiation, and it'll melt. Uh, yeah, that will in fact melt steel beams. <laughs> as opposed to some other substances. As opposed substances. to some other substances, yeah. Apparently, uh, what were you going yeah, on? Then, uh, uh, with that? Oh well, I've, I'm going to wrap up the uh, the thought on the nuclear thing. So yeah, like for example, the big one with uh, with Chernobyl, it didn't blow up. It um, it vaporized all of the the water that they had in there, which turned it into a super radioactive gas that mm-hmm. just like. Got everything. <laughs> wow, I didn't know so that. That's what they it, just spread yeah, around. Yeah. yeah, it was just a radioactive fog that just uh, just coated the area. Jeez. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. And anyway, yeah. And uh, let's see, Russia, Ukraine. Russia is currently pressuring Belarus to get involved in the Ukrainian war. Oh, fine. <laughs> and to open up another front. Right. Putin's talking but, about a fresh offensive planned for the spring. It started and, uh, in the spring, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and that's that's what I could find currently on it. I mean, I gotta think, like, if I'm running Belarus, which is a much smaller and, I think, uh, poorer country than Russia, and I'm looking at, like, what, the, what just happened with the Russians... I think I'm just going to kind of turn that down if I'm Belarus. So I can't imagine they're nearly as well equipped as the Russians. And it sounds like they've taken quite a few casualties as, as far as I know. And uh, and they weren't able to steamroll Afghanistan. I mean, not Afghanistan. Ukraine. They weren't able to just steamroll over Ukraine like you would have thought. Um, so, yeah, this whole shit show in the Ukraine has been terrible for Russia. This yeah, is, I mean, this is, yeah, this is almost as bad as, as when Russia went to war with Japan. Right. Well, well, I, I think there's a lot of mixed feelings on that, probably between Russia and Ukraine. Um, also, the fact that Ukraine is getting some fucking excellent funding for their war effort. I mean, there's that too. Sure. But for uh, if you're Belarus. Like, it doesn't matter what the reason is. It's like, Russia got at least some kind of an ass-whooping. Yeah. We're not as strong as Russia. I'm like, yeah, you know, maybe we would probably get our ass kicked, too, regardless of what the reason is. Oh, yeah, no, I, I, I well, but, have... Well, Belarus is looking at it from the standpoint of, if we don't try, then Russia will come kick the shit out of us. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're kind of busy at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, yeah. and, and allegedly also, I mean, I don't have any documented proof on it, but allegedly some of the money that's going to fund the, uh, fund Ukraine is being paid off to mercenary companies and possibly terrorist groups to come help them fight the war also. So there's that. Oh, yeah, well, that's nothing new. I mean, we've been, we've yeah. been training and paying terrorists since, I don't even know, yeah. at least the eighties, probably earlier yeah. than, probably earlier than that, but yeah. Oh, way probably. earlier than that. Post World War Two, it was popular. We just did. We just called them revolutionaries. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. So, I mean, Ukraine's got you know the higher funding ticket going for them. While I think Russia hasn't been involved in a war since World War Two. Not really. Yeah. Well, I, I think the newer anti-tank equipment that we sent to the Ukraine is is probably maybe better than what they expected. It kind of seems oh, yeah. like well, and, and Russia hasn't been able to launch their new like super tank yet. I they, thought they did. They, oh, they they keep saying that they've that they've put it in production, and they keep changing their mind that it hasn't been put in production. Not a single one of them has seen the battlefield yet. Uh, uh, yeah. I guess let's see how it goes. Oh. It kind of makes it look like tanks are obsolete now. I mean, I, I don't know if like in Abrams would would hold up better from whatever the the pers- you know the personal anti tank weapons are but right well, I think the solution I think is probably going to be an unmanned you know tank vehicle oh honestly. yeah no they're already they're already using those in San Francisco by cops yeah but I mean like large scale though you know to mount much bigger weapons on it Probably yeah, the size maybe. of a car, have some nice little, nice armaments on it and all that, and we'll see those running around here pretty soon. Yeah, well, I don't know, I don't know this really, I guess it was still, you probably still need cannons. I was going to say, I don't know that you really need the the cannons out, out in the field anymore, because most of that is done through air support now, but there might be still use for it, I suppose. Possibly. And then armored... Personnel carriers certainly, I think, are going to continue to be popular because yeah, you know, it still keeps you protected from like five, five, six, and maybe seven, six, two. So getting you in, getting you into the war zone, right? Uh, I guess the oh yeah, armored vehicles aren't completely done. Not completely, well, no. Yeah, yeah. Well, as long uh, as there are troops going into combat, there will be armored vehicles. I hope so. Well, um, (laughs) on the whole subject matter, this whole Russia-Ukraine thing, though, I mean, there's a lot of history behind it, and I don't think everybody really quite enjoys the scope of that. Are are you aware of it all, John? I think we talked about it before. Maybe. Probably. I'm not Um, sure what you're about to say, so just kind of... Well, when the Soviet Union fell, there were treaties made, right? And at that time, one of the treaties was that the UN was not to encroach onto Russia. And so the Russian allies, which Ukraine was a strong ally of Russia at the time, uh, a lot of those allies were not to be approached by the UN. Now, for years and years, for years and years, though, the UN has continued to encroach on those and flip Russian allies to UN, right? Now, this was against that treaty. Russia never said shit. Mm-hmm. 
They right. never drew a line. But when Ukraine was approached, so let's go back to Vice President Biden and all that, right? Ukraine was approached, um, and they were flipped to be a U.S. ally, and we even installed Zelensky as president. That's a fact. You know, U.S. backed and all that. That's when this, really, all this whole shitstorm started. Right. So no. the whole war in Ukraine realistically yeah. is the United States' fault. Um, yeah, I mean, you can say that. I mean, ultimately, Putin pulled the trigger on it. I, and I get what you're saying, that there is a reason for him to do that. But still... It's a breach of treaty, right? Yeah, but still... And, uh, it, and I would like to, and I think that's why it happened now and not during, let's say, during the Trump administration, because I don't think Trump was pushing the the same line, the, the no. globalist line. To uh, So I think that's why we had, we didn't have any trouble with, uh, with Russia at that time. I think that's probably also why uh, the whole Russian collusion thing was a big push, because realistically... If anybody was to have known what was going on in Ukraine, it was probably their neighbor, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was quite the shit show, for sure. Uh, let's, investi let's investigate Ukraine. Suddenly, that's a shit show. But that's yeah. conspiracy theory, dear listeners. That's conspiracy theory. We'll yeah, find out if it's can. true like 10 years. We'll find out if it's true 10 years from now, right? Yeah, well, maybe if, if uh, we'll see what things are like 10 years from now. I'm honestly <laughs> really, really hoping to see uh, what comes out of the whole Hunter Biden laptop thing. Since he was physically there, right? Quite a few mm -hmm. times uh, on some kind of board, which I, I mean, I don't know why he was there either, but hey, whatever, right? No big deal. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no big deal at all. Don't look here. Well, uh, yeah. You're going to get answers on that laptop about the same time you get Epstein's, Epstein's flight logs. Right. I mean, so many people on that flight log, apparently. Yeah. I mean, shit, yeah, I even, even Trump was shaking hands with people that were all over that flight log. I mean, it's not like, you know... Nearly every single fucking one of them in Washington D.C. is a uh, bullshit fucking toady for somebody. Jesus. Yeah. What can you do? It's I know, just right? Brought into the core. Brought into the core. <laughs> All right. Well, um, I think we've pretty well talked it out today. Unless anyone's got another thing to bring up. No. Well, I I, I would say that the uh, you know handful of billion dollars that they're now sending down to Africa. Um, All right, I mean, the African money. Yeah. 21 Base trillion it. unaccounted for from the Pentagon. Focus on that. Yeah. yeah, 21 trillion from the Pentagon unaccounted for. Up from 2 trillion, what, 10 years ago? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, is that, so is that a cumulative over a long span of time? I'm guessing. Now this, is, this is new stuff. <laughs> Jesus. Right, right. But is it twenty-one trillion, like over the past, like I don't know, twenty years or some shit, or is it like last year? Uh, 
I mean, because I, I mean, the, the the entire budget, federal budget, I think is only a few trillion dollars. So yeah. Uh, so it just seems physically impossible that. <laughs> well, no, with the amount of money they're printing, I mean. <laughs> yeah, unless it increased a lot, I haven't checked for a while here. But that is a good point, budget. though. I don't know if that's a cumulative thing or if that is a uh, just like. I oh, point. Okay, the yesterday. budget total. For fiscal year 2023 is uh, $5.8 trillion. So. It's got to be cumulative then. Yeah. So it's four years of budget. Jesus Christ. Well, I mean, it hasn't been that much. I think when I checked a few years ago, it was like $2 trillion. You know, so yeah, yeah, it yeah. hasn't been that much for that long. It's been, you know, skyrocketing lately. Yeah, um, yeah, it has been. Yeah. It's been pretty awful. So we'll kind of see uh, how that goes. So, but I did hear about something about that, but it, I don't really remember the details. Well, well I, I just I don't know what is you know going on there. Because I would imagine if they're investing 90, the money there, there's got to be some kind of... 2015. Could not be traced, documented, or accounted for. Oh, From wow. From 1998 to 2015. Yeah. So they just lost $21 trillion in that span of time. Of course, it's 17 years. Wow. That's a government efficiency for you right there. No shit. Uh, and I would not be surprised if it was just negligence, to be honest. Oh, Yeah. Obviously, overall negligence and overall Department of Defense and housing. So yeah. negligence and probably not wanting people to know where the money went on some amount right. of it. I'm sure. But I remember that that one piece of gear we had, the ECC or something. It was like the little display thing that that goes on the the jet that had like the fuel maybe on it or something. It had yeah. it was real small. And there were these bolts for it to bolt in with, and they were like seventy-five bucks for each bolt. I don't know if you remember. Oh, that. Yeah. Oh, did I? I can one up you on that one. We had one. We had one specific resistor that was an absolute bitch to get get our hands on because it was off of the old radar package that was used by the uh, by the FA eighteens. Oh yeah, yeah. Or the, are the F-18 um, A's and, and B's, the ones with the Blue Angels. Pretty much Blue Angels are the only ones flying those, right? Yeah. Right? So we got fucking, we got Blue Angels in town. And an F-18, they can't fly the damn things unless the radar package works. Well, unless the radar package thinks it worked. Right, right. And right. even though they don't use them, They've still it's they they've still got to power up and do all, all their pre-flight checks. Otherwise, the plane won't fucking leave the ground. Right, so safety checks for the blue, plane. Yeah, so we got the Blue Angels down in San Diego doing a fucking air show in a couple days, and we got some we got some of their radar package in the shop, and of course it's it's high priority gear. And same and, with their flight control computers in our shop. Yeah, yeah, and so so we got these. And these are old as shit equipment, you know. I mean, we don't have spares to pop it to, to swap it with, because that's normally mm -hmm. what we do. We would just give them a different piece of gear that was, you know, 
that we could spare, and then we'd fix the other one whenever we got around to it and give it back to supply. But we couldn't do that with this radar package because it was the old one that was not that didn't that we couldn't swap with all the new shit. So we got this. So we're after this one. We've got a trouble shot down to this one fucking resistor, and this one resistor is like it's you know we went we went in and tried to order it. Nearest one was in uh, it was in Yuma, Arizona, and it had a price tag of like nine or ten thousand dollars for this resistor. Right? Jesus, damn! Same fucking resistor we could go get for a buck thirty off off base at Radio Shack. Same thing. Yeah, yeah. Right. I couldn't do but, that. Well, we couldn't do that because it required because it wasn't up to spec and blah blah blah, and you know it wasn't through approved channels. So this dollar thirty five resistor, we ended up having to send a fucking staff sergeant drove to Yuma, Arizona. Picked it up and drove back for this one stupid ten thousand dollar resistor. They had a Yuma. Did they hear yours use a similar setup or something? They didn't have F-18s there, or do they have F-18s? They didn't have a. They didn't have F-18s, but they had the resistor in their supply huh. system at Yuma. Weird. Another another bureaucracy issue, I guess. But it wouldn't surprise I, me if that if that resistor was used in a in a Harrier somewhere. That wouldn't surprise me because there was the same. It was old as shit, so it was the same as the older F-18s. Well, I'll give one? you. I'll give you one an example of that. Yeah. Um, yeah, so the the you know the MUs the memory units right. Mm-hmm. So if it, if anything classified was loaded on those memory units, um, I don't remember if you remember that time when I was working for the uh, shed up on the flight line that dealt with the classified shit. Nope, but go ahead. So, and I hope that I don't get in trouble for saying all this, but so the memory units, um, if the plane's loaded with classified weapons data, the memory unit holds that information within it. Um, normally, you just go up there grab them from the shed on the flight line, bring them back to the shop with your loyal escort that's ready at a moment's notice to shoot you if you try to run off with them, right? <laughs> and you bring them back to the shop, and you're standing there, all awkward, you know, and uh, you wipe it. And once it's wiped and it's verified clear, then you head back up and turn it back in. No big deal. Unless something's wrong with the memory unit. In that case, you have to try to get it wiped, you know, without uh, collateral um, tainting of other memory units. So at the end of the day, if you cannot get that uh, memory unit wiped, they just fucking destroy it. Oh, yeah. Oh, we actually actually had classified shit in the shop. One of the pieces we worked on was, was flagged classified. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But all this, it brings me back to that time, Don, we were in Iraq and we had that briefing on the radio, on how to use the, the <laughs> radio. Yeah. yeah, and they were like, be careful with this part here, this this little springy part. If you break it, it costs $500 to replace it. We were all Ooh. like Eli Jackson shit. <laughs> <laughs> we just that guy. $500. I think one of those oh, memory was what, like $100,000. Yeah, you know, one of those memory units is like a hundred thousand dollars, and they're just like, oh, yeah. we can't wipe it, fucking destroy yeah, I've it. I've broken shit like ten times that much, <laughs> like accidentally, probably. Well, yeah, in the sh- uh, 
Five hundred dollars. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Well, that was pretty good. Actually, we we good made time. our. Um, did you ever? Did you guys ever see the non-NCO sword we had running around the shop? Oh no, yes. running around our shop. Yes, no, that's I one. I've, that yeah, that's the one uh, that I've got the scar on my knuckle from punching it when Davis was swinging it at me. <laughs> oh jeez. <laughs> but yeah, that's the non-NCO sword. That uh, that non-NCO sword was technically worth like two hundred and thirty some odd mil or a thousand dollars. Is that actually yeah. a thing? No, it's not. What did you make it out of? Okay. Yeah, we we made it out of a out of a piece of the cast station that we didn't realize was super important. <laughs> oh. And, and yeah, yeah, it was like two hundred some odd thousand to replace it. Wait, was that that grounding strip that ran across the top? Oh, I don't even remember specifically which piece we pulled oh. out of it, but we pulled it. We pulled it out of the inside of one of the newer bays that uh, off the cast station that that we had that never ran. Nice. So the the yeah. hanger queen. We were like, we were like, oh, this is just a straight piece of metal. We can totally use this. Nope, nope. Did not did not realize how much that was worth. <laughs> but it made a great non NCO sword. Yeah, I think we did go. ours. Out, I think we did ours out of the uh, one of the grounding strips because it was. Long oh, we had one. Yes, yeah, we had one. Oh God, I don't even remember. I think I they modeled it out. after the one. I think they modeled it after the one you guys made over at Radar. Yeah, although no, ours, ours well, was nice. Although, as as the senior lance corporal of the shop, I should have had that. You know, that should have been the one wearing that. I, yeah, I no, had I, the most common grade of, of all yeah, lance corporals. I, I took it. I took it from Davis in in uh, in honorable combat. <laughs> <laughs> By punching it, apparently. Yeah, yeah, he he dropped it because there's a lot of blood, and I took it. It was my blood. <laughs> you earned it. Oh yeah, fun times. Swing with the wing. Yep. All right. Well, it's been fun. I think we're gonna close out the podcast now, unless we've got anything more that I've missed. I don't think so this time. Hopefully. So uh, make sure to listen to our D&D podcast, which is now on episode, like, I don't know, 13 or 14 and or something. A lot. Or I almost killed everyone last time, so that'll be up soon. Yes. It wasn't their fault this time. It was my fault, so I bailed them out. It's my policy. For now. If it's my fault, I bail you out. If it's not, then you can die. All right, I everyone. Well, thank you for wouldn't let me. You know, <laughs> don't, don't can't let like you die. <laughs> yes, I love you too please. much, John. All right. Well, everyone, have a great night, and uh, we'll catch you maybe next week, or well, I don't know because Christmas is coming up, so I don't know if we'll record this week. So we'll we'll see. Just keep an eye out, and it'll be up eventually. Have a good night. Goodbye. Have a good night.